You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello, Riverdale gang. Welcome back to the Watch Long uh, Critical Commentary Podcast, where we watch Riverdale. Uh, filmed and uh, we are recorded on the unceded territories of the Squamish, Musqueam, and Tsleil-Waututh Nations. Um... It's a musical episode. Mm-hmm. Next to normal. Um, I forgot I really liked this until <laughs> they did it, and it it turns out I really liked this one, and it's from Blocked Out Undergraduate Days. <laughs> I was thrilled by this season's musical. Ultimately, just loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. So I have no familiarity with this musical whatsoever. And um, I think that the thing I found the most interesting... Well, okay, let me back up for a sec. Um, In the musical episodes where I didn't know the musical, Mm. um, which I think is all of them, actually. (laughs) Never mind. That's been true of all of them. Right. There's none that you were really familiar with? No. I... No. Um, I... uh, I mostly... I knew... um, I knew... Heather's the Musical. Actually, that's not true. I had seen Heather's the Musical. That's a lie. <laughs> See, okay. the, I had that with Next to Normal. I've seen a, a local production yeah, at the like Arts Club. and I something, yeah. Like, I had the... I definitely have the soundtrack mostly in my head. It's it's all up there in right. some capacity. yeah. From the, like, undergrad musicals era. Yeah. I think the big thing... That, I guess what I was getting at is um, for uh, Carrie and... Um, uh, Hedwig, I found mm-hmm. that I became very curious about the musicals themselves, and this that didn't happen for me with this episode. Um, yeah, no, yeah. I I completely see that. I think they did a a, a very different approach to uh, adapting, using, and involving the music in this episode. In fact, mm-hmm. I I feel like they've tried something very very new um, with this episode that I, I think worked spectacularly in some weird complex formula like they allowed such variation in style between the numbers between the characters um I, maybe they leaned into the individual inclination of the of the cast but it it felt ensemble to me um it even like looking back in the plot like so many broadway plays i actually don't care about anything that happens very much <laughs> like none of the things that happen here are personally terribly consequential. They're, they've are they snuck some moving the chessboard into place around and hit it with beautiful music. And that's clever. That's that's fantastic use of spectacle to cover the set change. Yeah. I have some questions as we go along, since you know the musical really well, um, about... Reasonable. I will not be able to name all the characters. I can sing most of the choruses, but I can't yeah. name most of the characters. That's funny. No, my question, um, there's a question, I have a question about the number where, um, Betty and Alice are about to go to a show in New York. Yes. And Polly and Charles come downstairs. That song in particular, I have some questions about when we come to it. Oh, that's I'm Alive, right? Mm, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Um, and then my... That's one of the biggest, biggest takeaway notable songs. Okay, that, great. I'm in, excited to in, talk about that, it. That of entrance zeitgeist. Um, before we go too much further, and I do want to get back, back to next to normal, there were two things we did not do in the last couple of episodes. Oh. And one of them was name that 
Haley Law, who plays Valerie, sang one of her own original songs in the Josie and the Pussycats episode. You found that right after we recorded. Oh my gosh. So embarrassing that we did not know. Great tune. It's on Spotify. And then um, the last episode that we watched, not this one, but the last one, was directed by Natalie Bolt. Yes. Who plays Penelope. And it was a great episode. And um, anyway, we didn't say those things, and we felt sad that we didn't say those things. They're so, so now, important now to acknowledge and notice <laughs> because such a, there is such a cool team around yeah. around this, and like even in a metatextual way in the shows, the 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 episodes own arc with the Josie episode, like it's it fits that they um, brought in the performers work and gave it a platform and, and presented it yeah. uh, and did brought the choreo um the choreo this this week also brought the choreo chloe yeah I, good choreo and good costumes i'm probably going to talk a lot uh, about the costumes in this episode some of yeah i felt the theatricality of the design spectacularly in this one now like in contrast to the early ones uh the early uh, Heather's carry, um, where I, I, I think they were doing a very high school musical setting, which lend itself to a, a set of tropes. Um, I actually felt like they were leaning into a different genre of musical, um, and taking some very thematic notes from mm. the, the play, um, that aligned. They did something very different this season, and I'm excited to to pick into what it was because there's so many layers, um, and especially, especially, especially the core through line with uh, Alice and Betty. Yeah, is um, it's. I'm very intrigued by how they adapted this musical because they um, they took emotional arcs and through lines um, and redivvied them by character in a way that I. I did not expect and was delighted to see worked. Mm, um, cool. The entire play is sung by uh, a woman, her husband, her daughter, and her son. And um, her son died in infancy and is hallucination. A woman, her husband, her daughter, and her son. Yes. Alice Ripley oh, is the performer who originated. Uh, um, I have more questions, but carry yeah. on. Yeah. So it's. It is a very suburban family dynamic drama. Um, and within that story, um, uh, Jennifer DeMeo's character, oh my god, I, can't, I literally can't, I can remember their actors from the original Broadway cast, but not their characters. That's okay, I'm sure people But you know who me. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably Natalie. Um, the dynamic between Natalie and her mother is um, is one real um, connective tissue at, at the core of this play. And Natalie's arc has this romance with a classmate, has this um, this uh, adjacent teen romance story alongside this really difficult, uh, mature, uh, serious uh, mental health uh, story. Mm-hmm. Um, Little uh, input they, from Tazzy there as well. Yeah, yeah. she's very opinionated Sorry, since no cat's puns. Um, <laughs> so they they extracted um, Natalie uh, and her the, the boyfriend characters um, orc uh, spectacularly into um, both Veronica's arc 
and uh, Jughead's arc. Um, meeting the Tates. Um, oh, yeah. Neither of them had the, the, the immediate family connection layer that all of them were happening at once to the same character, essentially, mm-hmm. the, which is you know, the intensity and immediacy of the play. Um, but it served these characters in where they need to go this season so well for me. Mm. Um, Veronica's performance of uh, uh, Superboy and the Invisible Girl, another one of the standout pieces, um, that's about, in the original context, that is about um, Natalie singing that her mother doesn't see her because she's obsessed with her dead brother's memory, except she's hallucinating him. It's complicated. Oh, Um, interesting. And so they entirely reframed that the telling of that story, but they used the piece masterfully and reinterpreted it to tell where Veronica is in her story in a way I was um, really surprised to see. Um, I was also surprised by that content. That didn't feel like Veronica content to me. Mm. She doesn't give up that easy. She doesn't give up in one episode, you know? It's, but it's the, yeah. it's, the, it's the Crucible episode, though, where everything happens in Fast Forward, right? That's yeah. what happens with the musical and episode, yeah, I felt, this show, I, I felt such a Fast Forward. You're right about that. Um, everything was accelerated. Like I feel like there could have been weeks breathing between every Archie Veronica scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't implied, but it could have been there, and there was no, there was no reason not to put space. Ugh, but anyway, um, we haven't even touched on the fact that Cheryl has a, an apprentice now. Oh yeah. my god. Ah. Uh, Britta. Um, um, but anyway, also, next to normal. Ah. Uh, also, Fangs and Tony. Also, Fangs and Tony we haven't even touched on. Complicated. Also, I feel like there's something else. Also, the wonderful, wonderful singing voices displayed by the actor who plays Charles, the actor who plays Polly. So guess what? What? Guess what? I've been listening to the the cast soundtrack. And it's super not them. Oh Yeah. They did fantastic choreography and performance, but the pre recorded music that Paulie and Charles are singing are seem to be guest singers. So that's kind of cool, because that adds to the disembodiment of their characters. It does, By the way, that's very, very common in uh, South Asian film. That's something Mm, that's, mm. like, very... That, like, Western filmmaking is usually very stringent about. Like, you sing... Um, you sing your own part. I mean, in the old days, we didn't do that. Like, thinking of My Fair Lady for, as an example. Well, we did the whole, like, Singing in the Rain is all about that shift, right? Exactly, And, and cementing yeah. that norm that uh, you gotta do do it all. Yeah, you um, There's do no, it all. movie magic isn't allowed to well, no, fake my, a person. My Fair Lady is, is a lot later than that. That was sort of a unique situation because mm. um, Audrey Hepburn just didn't have a, as beautiful a singing voice as Julie Andrews. But, um... Mm. No disrespect to Audrey Hepburn, wonderful actor. Um, just couldn't sing. It's okay. Not everyone can sing. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was just thinking about um, how that's, like, very significant to us that those actors aren't singing their own parts, whereas that's the norm for a lot of moviegoers, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. in the world. It's just interesting. Oh, yes, and especially in dubbed performances. Yeah. Um, that's, that's quite right. Yeah. Um, and I didn't notice it. Exactly in the moment. I was singing the praises of both performances on the way out. Yeah, um, those, but, those actors know how to fake sing really well. Yeah, they, they sold it. I believed it 100%. Um, oh God, where were we? Next to normal. One more one more big point I want to yeah. touch on. Um, 
to be entirely blunt, I don't care about the husband. It's an important side story. There's also the boyfriend. There's also Gabe, who is a hallucination and also psychosis or something. And it's complicated. Charles plays him perfectly. The creepiness that Charles shows, that's in the play. Oh, great. Lovely. Isn't it amazing? That's serendipitous. (laughs) Um, uh, 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 There's a major arc that was not included. Uh, and, And one major song, one of my favorite, uh, Favorites, uh, my psychopharmacologist and I, or who's crazy. Oh my god, I need to hear it. That's a wonderful, wonderful song title. It it would it's a very specific as I as you can imagine uh, sequence of uh, Broadway storytelling, uh, moving the story along, uh, and is not the right fit for anyone's current story without dropping in a really you can't rush the type of medication conversation that's being had in Next Normal. It takes the whole play. I see. Okay. It takes the whole play. Okay. Uh, and it's amazing. They talk about electroconvulsive therapy and memory and grief. And, um, all of it. Uh, and they used so many of those themes, uh, I think, very, very cleverly in how they split up these plots. Um, Alice and Betty um, really live in this space with uh, with the, the, lead, the lead role. Um... Alice Ripley performed her. She's the lead character. But right now she's Alice. So many Alices. So many Alices. But I'm thinking about it um, since since our first watch. I am really enamored with um, Betty, with Lily Reinhardt's performance of the duet components of that. Um, It felt... While while the mother and daughter do sing together quite frequently, I feel like they allocated uh, rather more... Of um, of the lead lines to Lily Reinhardt in making it a narrative and a conversation between these two characters. Um, mm. I, I need to compare them side by side, but I really got a sense um, that uh, Lily's voice was speaking with maturity at several to- tones. That there was a sharing of um, of the the core grief plot, which is not something I expected they could do or achieve, but I really got that vibe. Like, they were both plugged into the same character's plot. I didn't feel like Betty was Natalie. I felt mm. like they were both facing the, the the core grief of the story. Oh, wow, that's so cool. I love it. It's, it's very well accomplished that you felt that way. I have one, one, one disclaimer I want to say before we dig in. Um, I... I was a musical nerd like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably going to be annoyingly critical of everyone. <laughs> and I want to put the caveat that I'm saying this on top of their amazing, amazing performances. I thought this episode was very well mixed, but um, I don't mean it sucks when I say someone's voice is a little thin somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, think, I think, like, I don't think anyone watching this episode is under the illusion that all of these performers are trained musical actors mm-hmm. you know trained triple threats i suppose is more what i mean yeah and i'm i'm yeah. so fascinated by how they did accommodate that in many ways and in, in character specific ways yeah i think i could jump in chloe how yeah. about you i'm totally game i'm excited to talk about this episode and to rewatch it i think um so if for some reason you're joining for the very first time on this episode i don't know why <laughs> Um, Ryan, uh, I think is probably going to take the lead on this episode a lot because he knows this musical really well. And I think I'm probably going to be a bit of the, the, um, 
the gallery that's throwing popcorn down, being like, well, what about this? What about this? Rip it to pieces. I like her dress. You know, that kind of thing. (laughs) So I think it's going to be fun. I think we're going to have fun today. Ready for the watch-along segments? If you sync up your uh, Netflix and her other acquired recordings of various sorts. Yes. All right, everyone ready? We're going to get a little close to the mics. We're pressing play. Ready? Three, two, one. Ba-doom. And then the bad sound happens. Yet again. Um, right, I, I like this shot. It's a very high, crowded shot. Um... I felt like I was looking at a proscenium stage briefly. Mm. Look, the heavy square framing and the uh, asymmetrical staging off the action in center in the core, just off to the center right. A little movement, a little depth. Yeah. So much theatricality in this episode. Yeah. I don't know about you, Riverdale gang, but Netflix changed their uh, closed captioning and it's different and I don't love it. It's big. Which is fine. Yes. But it's that's my first takeaway. It's big. Yes. Hopefully more legible for Ugh. in important ways. Wonderful acting from Lily Reinhardt here, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. She she contains so much going on this episode. Uh, and keeps it tightly tied together. Um I loved the the explicit convention that we're we're talking about a musical that Alice is singing and experiencing and remembering oh, and using yeah. to grieve with. Like this this is this tracks so well with relationship that people have with musicals as well. Like yeah. they can be wonderful um, processing containers. Well, that's true. They, um, I guess in the last three musical episodes, it was a musical that was being done at the high school. And, of course, they don't have that conceit this time. Mm. In fact, I wondered if what they were going to do for the musical episode is it was going to be them directing teenagers yeah. singing and have it be sort of about youth and growth from youth and that kind of thing. I like this much more. And I like how this also carries us with a very particular momentum and energy into the, the finale. Um, it, we are coming into the finale next week, and mm. it looks quite intense. Um, they've they've certainly got a lot of dominoes built up. Yeah. Um, and, and we usually get a moving the chessboard around kind of slow climb, a clunky one, but they manage to set it all to music, and the music starts. And I loved Alice's performance. Um, mm-hmm. She I loved this used Nathan. her voice immaculately. Um, for the style she's trained and and her voice is, is developed for. Mm-hmm. Um, she is... I love how she sings this like a film performance, like a smooth, steady film performance, but with a lot of clear pre- preparation and enunciation and the same sort of care we see in her, her uh, recitations and, and uh, speaking scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it... We get, yeah. We get a sense of... Charles as he would have been if he'd stayed in the home, maybe. Oh, I, I mean, least, I don't know enough that, about serial killer psychology to know if they are made or born. <laughs> I don't know, and I'm not interested in having that conversation now. Betty's been having that conversation for a while. It's true, but you <laughs> you get such a sense of mm-hmm. him as normal here. It's really poignant. Yeah, and Alice, this is this is her dream, right? This is yeah. how she thinks the best it could have gone best. 
Um, and so we're getting that heavy, heavy, heavy shading through all these hallucinations. Oh, and this choreo. Yeah, this... Kill me, doesn't kill me. And with the head repeat bobs. Oh, that was the first yeah. moment that I really felt, like, taken. That they were doing something actually very, very novel. Mm-hmm. Just spectacular choice. The consistency of the choreography in the hallucinations um, creates a world. Uh, like, so often we, we use filters and lenses or blurs to create um, uh, different consciousness states. Mm-hmm. Like, remember Jug- Jughead's uh, Rat King story? Um, here we're, we're using movement and color and shape of movements to designate when Alice is in her dream and when she's in her, and when she's being seen by Betty. Yeah. It's such a clean distinction and it works so, so sharply. I, I love it. This was never going to work. I, (laughs) yeah, I mean. You sort of wonder, like, where this epic is going to end. And it seems that in the preview for next week, we're going to... We're going to see something? We're going to see something. I don't know. I... I I like that they sat with... um, I like that they let Archie just be kind of stable and deal well when when things change and shift and when his partner uh, discovers how she feels. It's a nice supportive background, Archie. He only, even only sings a few lines. Yeah, he doesn't do a lot in this episode. I know that um, a uh, a um. K. Oh. Kijiapa. No. Who has a baby? Who has a baby? Congratulations. Um, I have no idea what I was going to say. Let's move on. <laughs> We're into the social work now. Yeah. Um, really wonderful Dutch braids on this young actor playing Britta. <laughs> Um, I taking over from Jughead being the boy who lives in the cupboard, girl who lives in the cupboard. Yep. Also, hammering home that there is frequently a child who lives in the cupboard in Riverdale High because yeah. that's just an ongoing social ill, maybe. Yeah. Um, and that these social workers are struggling and offering support and facing limited resources. Um, I believe I ca- I. I called it here me- mentally that like oh yeah Tony's getting a Tony's Tony's getting a child. I thought she was gonna adopt and have an Insta mm. family, but maybe I'm watching too much Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> um, well, Tony has a baby. Yeah, but now second baby. Oh, okay. Teenager. <laughs> I mean, I feel like as a teacher trying to help a vulnerable student, adoption is not necessarily the right and ethical course of action. Well, let's wait till we get to her actual course of action. Yes. Perhaps also not ethical. I mean, it wasn't her best, first choice. That was all fangs. Best choice available. Not ideal. Mm, this heavy grief. Blue-lit grief. This nice, soft... Listen, the libretto in this musical is really wonderful. Yes. Very much. They... 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 Use it as such good dialogue. They build around the libretto... Um, I feel like it is um, more organically using the actual lyrics than than some of the past uh, past musicals have quite achieved, um, where the content of the music wasn't always quite on point. Um, whereas, even though it's a contrived, I'm staring at she's staring at a road trip. Um, it's contained and fits in the themes and her journey through the show. It's not too ping pong. 
uh, bouncing around. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I love the fact that this musical seems to be about how when things break, they never go back to being fixed. They just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. move on to a new iteration. Well, I they, really appreciated that. Uh, a major beat in the musical is that... Um, uh, uh, oh my god, I, I, Alice Ripley, dang it, Alice Ripley's character... Um, loses her memory following uh, extreme treatment for suicidal ideation, mm-hmm. uh, or not action, suicidal action, I believe. Um, when she becomes a threat to herself, uh, they opt for electroconvulsive therapy. Um, and they explore um, a, a realistic but extreme, extreme experience of what can happen um, in that she loses huge chunks of her memory mm-hmm. um, going back towards the beginning of her depression. Um, and it is... Amnesia stories are always hard, but it is uh, slow and respectful of the realities of that that very real mental trauma and uh, challenge in extreme depression treatment. Um, but they deal with the fact that if she forgets her son is dead, does she still grieve him? Oh. Yeah. Where's the grief? Not just in the memory. But also how much of that grief is the pattern of the life you built yourself or something inherent. Hmm. Yeah, love some questions from the original that come back into play here in in lovely, lovely, lovely ways. I loved the fact that we got to meet Tabitha's parents. Yes. um, And that they aren't fans of pop. It's a nice intergenerational dynamic for her. Of course, that's the gangster restaurant. Nice little, or mafia restaurant. (laughs) Nice little... Uh, her her dad is something of a shallow character so far, but there's room. Yeah. And her mom's not doing anything to too uh, foolish true. protective parents too much. That's not deep. This is so rude. This is <laughs> a bold move. Um, and if she didn't have that trip sitting card to play, <laughs> if jo- if if Jughead Jones did not owe her a little bit right now, but yeah, this really is a bold pull. Um, <laughs> Good, great reactions from Cole Sprouse. I liked it as such a power He's play on Tabitha. the leftovers on the plates. I just noticed that. Cool. Now, okay, Jughead. Um, they let Jughead be very Jughead this episode. Yeah. Um, I mm. really liked his character performance and how how he worked um, some of the limits of his vocal range um, to to still feel very Jughead-y. Um, there's a number of points where uh, they've clearly uh, dropped the key between a phrase in Jughead's mm. singing. Um, I I was wondering how they are going to do this show because it it's a really high crisp tenor um, that is not Cole Sprouse's voice. Um, I certainly I certainly can't sing any of this. Yeah. Um, uh, even. When I was doing the musicals, uh, Baritone Land. This is not written for baritones. This is written for two tenors. Or three? A bunch of tenors. They're jerks. There's this really nasty all-tenors era of Broadway. Yeah. None of us had anything to sing. Um, yeah. See, we drop down the key. Oh, they're doing kind of what they did with Carrie. Because that, mm, that mm-hmm, I think the Carrie mm-hmm. part's a soprano, hey? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah quite. Uh, that that makes sense. Um, and that's yeah. a normal adaptation to make in recital and performance. Yeah. I think that my only problem with this 
scene is that we I needed like one more 30 second period of dialogue for them to get to this intensity of emotion one piece of connective tissue from their nice apology conversation to this yeah I, I would have also something. liked that yeah just to just something minor a little more just a hint of a sizzle put somewhere yeah just to because see this it. is such a, a lovely little exchange but it doesn't have the 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 mattress underneath it. It doesn't have the... Not mm. the mattress. It doesn't have the... It's a mattress <laughs> and a bed frame without the box, box spring. Frame. I'm missing the mm-hmm. box spring. That's mm-hmm. what's going on. Because mm-hmm. they're doing a great job. Look at them. Mm-hmm. They're into each other. Um, except that they say like instead of love. And it's completely, completely wrong in the ear. But well, I understand why they can... love? Yes. Oh, yeah. Love would be too much in this moment. This is a fantastic use of the song that, again, I didn't know how it was going to fit. This is uh, an angsty teenager singing to herself about her self-soothing in isolation. And they've they've retooled it completely to set a vibe mm-hmm. of Alice's inner world. And and create, like, this, this, this trio is some, something of a unique creation of this episode. I like it. Yeah. Where'd the piano come from? I also really like that this is hearkening back to a time before we ever saw this family. Mm. In the sense mm-hmm. that our opening experience of Polly and Betty is Polly being at the Sisters of Quiet Mercy and yep. um, Alice trying to get Betty to take her Adderall. Yep. You know? Yep. Like, we- I wonder if this this reality that Alice misses was ever real. That's what I wonder. Right, right. Because we've never seen it. We've seen what could potentially be the the um, the breakdown early stages before mm-hmm. a lot of things go bad. But yeah, did they ever achieve that exactly I as she this. dreams it? I hated this. I hated this so much. I... Also, where's... Uh, what's his name? Uh, Eric? Yeah. Treatment? I guess so. Why is Jughead here? I... He's... Doesn't have a home again. Oh, right. <laughs> um, I, I, I I hated this scene because Veronica knows how to read a room. And she's not reading a room. Like, I found mm. this really contrived. Mm-hmm. She knows how to read a room. I accept that uh, critique, and I agree. I, I think it, it in the same vibe of the past scene, it felt accelerated, but excessively accelerated. <laughs> this, this mood... Is so, in this moment, is so great. I'll be in the garage. Sounds good. <laughs> This, they have nothing to say to each other as adults, and I love that. It, and they both just know it, and it's great. Um, clunky, clunky setup or not, uh, I loved this performance. Camila Mendez, um, I I felt really gave the strongest, strongest yeah. performance of uh, of the the soloists in this episode who were featured. Um, I. I felt very much like I was um, reading a character, but it was a distinctive Camila Mendez character. Um, like, I'm re- reminded of Streisand or Leah Michelle or, or Adina Menzel, these very, like, distinctive character actors, except we've got a huge versatility. We've got a huge dramatic storytelling. And she's leaning into the power that Veronica's built the last several episodes um, to... to I feel like she's earned this because of the run-up we have, but mm. also I like this song and I know we have to sing it, and this is the right way to sing it. Yeah. This is, but, this is 
sung so well. Veronica's just had such a huge presence in the last season, so this whole, like, invisible girl thing is, like, like what feels truthful mm. to me for Veronica's character mm-hmm. is her being like, oh, we'll just do, di- uh, like, breakfast, we'll just do dinner apart, mm-hmm. and we'll do breakfast together. You know what I mean? Like, right. She's like, she'd this, adapt. She'd adapt. But My there is this... busy. I love that for him. We don't spend all our time together. It's very know. intense inside conflict. Yeah. Again, we're in the inner world of Alice, and it's, oh, Bob, 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 Corio. Like, they're building on what they've already established as creepy dissonant 50s Archie. Yeah. And, like, making it Alice's special flavor. Oh, I love it. The choreography just brings us right in and changes who, where the world is. I do really like Polly staying in this shot. Yes. Yep. Very much. Um, we're not cleanly switching between perspectives, but we're living in that razor edge of Alice's reality, which is again very, very much uh, in the core, in the source material. In we're dealing with a woman who's seeing her dead infant son as a grown young man. Oh. Um, oh, everything. Every creepy moment Charles gets is just. Mm, Perfect Gabe. Just, mm. Bold move, Betty. <laughs> That's kind of a a bit of a force grief, but I see what you're going for and why. I really like that um, the presence of the ashes didn't immediately make Polly disappear. Yes. Like, that really, to me, really makes the, the struggle... Um, mm. Uh, evident. Right. It's not easy to shock into reality or shock out of what's happening for her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is Lily Reinhardt. The more she goes on, sing, sing with Madelina, uh, Machinamic. Just that, that balance. They fill out a whole character arc together. Yeah. I also think it's Machin. There's an umlaut. Oh, thank you. Yeah. This is a great idea. Mm-hmm. Do a little travel with a loved one and change pace and do some dedicated structured activities that you don't have to plan for yourself and go to restaurants. Yeah. Betty knows how to grieve. <sighs> Betty does know how to grieve. Tragically. I just, I really, this whole plot really annoyed me. I'm not going to lie. And I'm watching it a second time. I'm mm. actually more annoyed. I thought I would like it more on round two. But this whole, like, boy's house where they're hanging out in the bathroom together and the girl walks in. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just not, it's not, uh. It's not a conflict we've ever seen here before. I don't like it. It bugs yeah. me. Let's talk lifestyle and class and goals and five-year plans for just a sec. Because I think they're trying to get something at something big that is different in how Archie and Veronica are planning their lives in the short term. Mm. In the daily life that they choose and and prefer and are used to and expect. And just play, showing us the dissonance and expectations. That's what I'm getting more than a more than a choice. Mm. A whole bunch of frustrations held inside. I guess so. Hi, Natalie Bolt. Hi, Natalie Bolt. I thought this sequence is really silly. Yeah, but but Madeline Petch had to sing. 
and they had to sing this song. Again, I accept this contrivance. I, I take it. Um, Madeline Petch is Madeline Petch. She is the most Madeline Petch, and as she always is, fantastic little shot as she does that grab the 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 hard quick quick sweep. Just Mm. again, it feels theatrical in a way I don't entirely know. Um, I definitely thought that was the chalice, uh, like the, the where the host is kept that she dipped into the water. So there's a bunch of weird Catholic stuff going on in my brain, but mm. adjacent to that. Yeah. Hmm? Also, um, Cheryl, you're worshiping Gaia in like a Catholic style room and you're white. It's just not appropriate. <laughs> Yeah. You're not doing great. You, you're you're coming up with something, but it's coming up really pray love. <sighs> nice I, to see a little Reggie. Yeah. I think we're getting Veronica and Reggie Romance next week. I I accept this offer. Yeah, I think it's fine. I think they've seeded it. And, you know, yeah, I know it's, it looks so, it's so, it's so blunt now that you've said it because Veronica's passions and activities Reggie participates in and she and Archie in the daily lives they're choosing and preferring to leave, lead, don't encounter each other without effort. Mm-hmm. There's a certain alignment. That's a, that counts a lot on top of the chemistry and all the other stuff of Love and romance. Yeah. This really felt like a moment for a song. Yeah, it did. I wonder if it was once there. But I also don't know which song could go there. Uh, I, I have listened to the to this episode soundtrack a number of times already. <laughs> I don't think there's any secret ones. Okay, so here's the question I have about this song is it sounds mm. like a seduction. Like this sounds mm. like too romantic. Like, and I, I thought it worked here because it was very creepy and yes. I was into it. Yeah. I don't know if you have any insight about the original use of this song. Oh, wait. Um, I think that, I think that mood is, um, exactly on point. Um, and I think it is not in any way a, a, a sexual seduction. Mm. I think what, I think it's a siren seduction. Um, I think it's the, the, the offers of depression made song and dance. Mm. Um, it's very appealing to roll over and hit mute and fall asleep without turning the lights off, right? There, and look, big feelings. You'll feel something. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, you. Right, it goes, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we're right into the chorus, and what they're offering is the opposite of depression in this song. So the seduction is the seduction of just feeling something. Mm-hmm. I think, and, and I really think that works here with Alice and it, it, as in a similar and complementary way to how it worked in the original play, um, here we have two children splitting the the facets, uh, and then Betty the third. Um, yeah, this is such a lovely. I can't remember exactly how this is mixed or riffs in the original, or if this is invention, but it feels so smoothly musical theater. Mm. And yeah, um, interesting. Lily Reinhardt's voice, again, here is yeah. so on point. I this thought, is a beautiful costume that she's wearing, yes. I have to say. This is a gorgeous dress. I love the bit of personality that is really, really, really filling out Betty as every time she sings to Alice. Um, I have often thought that the Betty performances have had a little bit of a... Um, 
uh, a bit of a generic feel as well-performed show tunes go. Um, in this episode, especially as we go on, I'm really seeing a, a unique character take in her singing choices. Mm. And I feel like that's a real important evolution. She's got an immaculate voice for all of these songs. Um, mm. But everything, for example, everything uh, Mage Amic is doing, the nuance, subtlety, um, I don't know if they're rubbing off on each other, but or just working together frequently. It's there's some nice osmosis happening in their scenes together in what oh, comes out cool. of the performance, I think. Um, yeah, and then she hits her with this really kind of tep- typical line. I don't really know. Yeah. Also, like, children leave home. Yeah, there's a little codependent beat that I'm not entirely sure about. Yeah. And then I think at the end, Betty says, I'll never leave. Like, ooh. It's normal to, like, leave the nest and grow up and move away. That's normal. Yeah. Musicals do simplify some things sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, we're. I have to remember I'm in a penultimate episode. Yeah. We're still in conflict. There's resolution, but not too much resolution. Yeah. <sighs> oh, Alice. Oh, Alice. Now we... Oh, yeah. <laughs> then Jughead sings to Mr. Tate. He sings this, right? No. Oh. What? There's could... no singing here. No? I don't think so. We'll see in a moment, won't I we? I don't remember. This scene <laughs> cracked me up. Oh, I didn't notice there was a chauffeur. Yeah, it was maybe just um, good banter that I'm this... remembering. I assume it's all music, because next to normal and musical convention. <laughs> oh, very saturated Riverdale colors. I didn't notice that last time. Yeah, heavy, heavy blue-reds. The, the poppiest Tate of shots um mm. and it plays it's on both of them a strange this which like i'm not trying to belittle you you're worse than my kid <laughs> okay there's i i'm guessing they're going for classes uh, also you remind me of Hiram lodge is very sweet it's swell agrino yikes i love that he takes one um it's just such an odd moment because jughead used to be i love that there's a little moment of like jughead was a gang lord that one time yeah yep um yeah you remind me of Hiram lodge is such a powerful move for jughead to say in that mr tate doesn't have to understand what that means for him to be satisfied with a statement Mm -hmm. it means what it means (sighs) okay and then they talk and then they communicate and it's good which, they have a chicken! Which they could have done earlier, and I would have bought their conflict a bit more, but okay. Yeah, probably, if only we understood probably. our emotions before we had them. Yes. No, that's not what I mean. <laughs> uh, but, sorry, that's mean. I think that's a self-critique and projection <laughs> of what I mean, I'm taking from this art. What I mean art. is I wanted more plot before we got here. Like, I yeah. just... Yeah. If you've only been living together a week, like, chill out, you know? Mm. I mean... Yeah, and we we've seen two scenes. I I wish we had some sense of passing time. That's one thing missing from this episode um, for me because there's there is plenty of room for there to be time passing in these learned and lived experiences. Um, in uh, Jug and Tabitha's romance, in uh, in these two, in Fangs and Tony, in all of these heterosexual couples, I accept them. 
it's a musical. Mm. And some of them are bisexual, and that's very, very important to uh, to represent in many ways. Mm. But I was in love with the musical so much, I didn't notice all the all the hetery. <laughs> yeah, there is a lot of hetery. Poor Kevin gets very sidelined. Also, this little I have abs yeah. that you mentioned when we watched this the first time. That was very cute. Just just for no reason, I'm going to take my shirt off in front of you just to reaffirm something here. <laughs> yeah, truly. <laughs> yeah, also, there was no build-up to th- any of this. I, ugh, I'm just very annoyed. I, I kind of want to go back to the last couple weeks' episodes and re-watch them with the lens of expecting this. Um, because my... My radar's dialed all wrong. I'm looking for queer subtext everywhere. Yeah. And um, lovely sibling-like relationships between uh, between folks like Fangs and Tony. Yeah. But maybe they've seeded some things that weren't what I'm looking for in my extraordinary well, biases. the reason that there's... <laughs> I feel like two things. One, I feel like it's nice when we get to see bisexuals dating all of the various body types that they're dating. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think it's refreshing when a bisexual man dates a woman because often bisexual men default gay. Mm-hmm. Or, um, or pigeonholed as such. Or pigeonholed. Um, sorry. Yeah. Um, pigeonholed as such. I mean, like, in the public yeah, consciousness, yeah, yeah. Um, default gay. Not, yeah, the categories get smooshed. Totally. Yeah, everyone does their own thing. That's not what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I think there's a lot of, like, we can love each other for the sake of the baby BS that goes on in heteronormative relationships. And that's mm. what I'm concerned about seeing here. Right. I agree with all of this. And yeah. as luck would have it, Kevin, who's probably going to crack into that exact emotional chestnut next episode, yeah. is about to open his mouth. And it it's pretty. Our, our qualified tenor appears. Oh my god, he sounds so good. Uh, dare I say, though, he's almost too clean and crisp? <laughs> That's the most ridiculous piece of feedback. He's too good. No, no, no. no. He's, he's recessive. He's, um... He gives a clean, 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 lovely vocal performance. And it's the right performance for Kevin Keller. I am curious how much of a choice Casey Cott made. Again, immaculate. But um, specifically because of the era of Broadway of Next to Normal, um, uh, there's there's sort of a contemporary sound... That is like a new, 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 new show tune sound that is tr- often distinguishes itself from the very, very. Uh... Anyway, he's too good. He sounds like he's another musical, but he's good, and I love him. Yeah, and he's all good the words coming him. out of his mouth. That's, that's all. And I love this grief and this bonding and this friendship. And I love what that we forget that Kevin once held her down for a lobotomy, and they they forgive that too, or something. Oh, I, I yeah, can't. I, I can't get that. over that. Yeah, it's pretty significant stuff. <laughs> but they're good friends now. Yeah. Uh, and this song is fabulous. Uh, Catch me, I'm falling. Also, I think Betty's iconic ponytail fully hit him in the face on that shot. Great. Cut it. I love that. <laughs> and he didn't flinch, which is its own kind of cool. Uh, yeah, I love this. Ties together the ensemble. Mm. Um. This is a very efficient use of time for the amount of stories that they're progressing very, very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Casey Cott could probably play play the role. 
you could probably pull it. He's great. Um, This man needs more to do in this show, which, aka, (laughs) this character needs more to do in this show. Uh, Aaron Tevitt originated the role that Casey caught singing right now. Um, Aaron Tevitt. Yeah. In the wave of uh, the Tanner takeover. Gosh. (sighs) So rude. Also pretty straightforward, contrived rude. I'm accepting the theatrical convention that we're only hearing the the brief weirdest thing, Mm. weirdest, worst, heightened drama things of this conversation. Yeah. And that there's something going on in the Tate Tate family. Normal, like, there's some normal family petty conflict going on. Sure. And then this is sweet yeah, and rather over- great, overwhelmed. Great costumes on both these actors. Mm, they look fantastic. Yeah, beautiful dark purple dress on Tabitha and this, oh, this blazer on uh, mm-hmm. Jughead. Put to head oh, in a jughead way. I'm fine. <laughs> uh, when he when he nails it in the original key, there's something really lovely and lyrical about it. Like I I don't dislike the lower range uh, lines that he does, but it you can hear it there. Not tonight. That's such a nice flowy intonation we're getting. <sighs> For now, it's all fine. Yeah. Super 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 um, stylized, personal, characterable. Character mm. line read. I think she has a, a very sweet singing voice. This actor. Yes. Well, she um, she was in later season Glee. Um, oh right. And emerged yeah. out of that uh, that gauntlet world. Yeah. I mean, she obviously knows what she's doing. I was thinking. Yeah. In addition to her knowing what she's doing, it's it's party. Oh yeah. Her, her, yes. Her voice is yes. 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 Aw, this is a very sweet scene. Now, I I also quite like, again, it's, um, they're sung like they're on stage talking to each other, mm. is what I mean about this one. Now, contrast that to the to the really sharp height, heightened reality when we're in, we're in fantasy world, and the, the different vocal style. Whereas here, uh, Tabitha is, is, is just, just... All the heart stuff is flowing out. Mm-hmm. It's doing. It's the quintessential musical theater Broadway romance gush, and she, she yeah, she expresses it exquisitely. TT for tea time. Great <laughs> costume on Cheryl. Um, I think those are pink leather. The bottom half. Mm-hmm. Um, almost verging on matronly top, but not matronly quite. Beach is a type of tree. We're at a beach. Beach is a type of tree, Chloe. You're right. The similarities are lining up. The, the Maple Empire has a beach tree in forest, and it's, I it's ominous. Mm, could be some <laughs> ominousness, yes. Especially with Nana Rose, uh, Nana Blossom next uh, next episode. Yeah. This is a lovely conversation. Yeah, good X, good X times. Mm-hmm. And Cheryl does the good. You know, when you're still a fairly rich heiress, yeah, taking good Samaritan tasks and then they come to you, I guess that seems mm-hmm. kind of legitimate. Uh, the lighting in this scene was so over the top. I mean, it's beautiful mm. lighting. Like the but... hard contrast to, to washed out whites and teals. Yeah, like, so uh, we get it. They're sad now. Right. <laughs> it's it's a rather overwrought yeah. romantic sad. 
Yeah. I also didn't really... Again, we just got here really, really fast. Like, they were having a smooch after her divorce. But isn't that just the way of Archie and Veronica and Betty? They... Yes. Hi, Siren. Hi, Siren. They keep having the perfect moment, except it's not. And then they almost... Or they do it, or they shouldn't, and they do. But then it really doesn't. That's what I'm getting from a sequence of their relationship stop-starts. Yeah. Um, and that could just be a lovely nod to the serial ongoing ridiculousness of the original comic. Maybe it's intentional. And, you know, maybe it doesn't come off like Archie just, you know, casually dates all of his old friends or yeah. anything. I mean, yeah. consent, consent is presence, not a big deal. Yeah. Uh, Alice... A beat more of Alice. That's probably a good idea. Yeah, getting getting the, the, the obsession item out. I mean, she can get the album on her phone. Yeah. Also, but at least her phone won't skip and cause creepy zombie choreo. Uh, you don't have to make a promise to always stay with your parents. Yeah, it's there's... really not good. There's a note of this that isn't healthy or, or working. Like and it's... We bowl over it with the achievement of musical theater with a complete emotional catharsis, um, even in a, in a complicated story about grief. Um, we do wrap it up. And I'm reminded that we're penultimate. Second last. Yeah. This is a setup. We're teed up, we're queued up. Here, oh, Lily Reinhardt singing. Just, just a lovely, lovely um, um, emotion note. Um, um, I'm, I hear, yeah, I hear so much of the original, the original song, uh, compared to some of the other adaptations. Ah, I like it. Just beautiful. These two work so well. I mean, they work so well, and they have this wonderful character dysfunction between them to, to milk forever. Uh, Betty and Alice is, I, I will accept this as a forever serial relationship. Mm, yeah. Also, also, um, money that in 20 years Lily Reinhardt plays uh, Alice Cooper in some capacity. Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, she already <laughs> has kind of played Alice Cooper. Oh, you're right. In the, throat, in the flashback episode. Very right. I could stand another one of those, although we haven't really been focused on the adults. Yeah. The adults. They're all adults now. Exactly. There's no line anymore. Mm. Mm, lovely recessive grief just impressed with how well the lyrics worked for this story um just mm, diagenic and in world and yeah you know it's a heightened reality they're not really singing to each other but this is conceivably a conversation that you might have with this song playing in the back of your head or in the background or Mm -hmm. or on loop after this conversation it's a good score. It's a good score yeah. to these emotional beats. Oh, Polly. Gosh, these are such beautiful messages for existing in grief. Mm-hmm. Libretto in the show is really great. I'm surprised I don't know this musical. Well, now you do. Mm-hmm. Now you do. I'm excited for you to hear the original musical and try to make sense of what's going on from this episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that 
the the walk away, the turn away, where she's um, she's dressed contemporarily. There's no the, such thing as a normal family. Fantasy walking away. Hmm. Um, this also this there's also an echoed beat in um, the original play, and that gave the 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 son the um, the imaginary son um, in rather harshly does turn away and is 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 let go of, and it's quite difficult. Um, but in letting go of him, it allows him to come back in the end and be part of the harmony and be part of the chorus and be part of the bigger song. Mm. Um, and delightfully, um, the the last beat of that song is um, Gabe and his father seeing each other for the first time in the play, and oh. th- it's this it's this this really lovely under um, subtle beat of the play that um, the father's grief is irrelevant and cannot be touched or opened because mm. there's too much work to do. One person's grief is a full family job to survive. Um, yeah. Aww. Notes notes of that and in the funeral scene of this. Notes of, of moving on and healthy grieving. She's already got Britta in a cape. I think you're right, Ryan. I think Britta's in trouble. Or she's going to be the best thing possible for Cheryl. One or the other. Yes. Pa- I mean, both. There has been no build-up for this cute little moment between these two actors who are really selling something that hasn't been written up to now. They sell it real good this episode. I take it this episode. Also, wouldn't you already love each other if you were co-parents? That's the other problem. It's like, I want them to see something like, I love Mm, you. mm. I mean, like, I already loved you. But, like, I love you and have the other person go, I know what you mean. Like, you know, it could have been a bit more, like, gooey. You know what I mean? You know, that's been a very complicated family relationship since they introduced it. And... Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot to show mm. there. Oh, beautiful outfit on Lily Reinhardt here. Really, really great costuming. Yeah. Letting this... Somber and adult. Letting the song light um, bring us out and bring us into the ensemble, ensemble and bring us into the, like, front of the stage line pose that we get to in the funeral. Um, it's a lovely resolution. And our only Archie lines. Yeah. Big depresso from these two. Yeah. Also a, also a true vibe in the original. Mm-hmm. It does not end with everyone happy. Nor could it. When you start with a character who's dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not, not it's never on the table. Some hurts never heal. Now I'm now we're just listening along because mm-hmm. it it really does wrap it all together. Yeah. It's a beautiful scene at the end here. Well, there's another one after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is how all grief goes, you know? Mm-hmm. Big, big explosive messes. Long, slow, burning, painful recoveries. Yeah. And a lot of show tunes. We have to have to be happy at all. We happy you're alive. It's a lovely sentiment. Hmm. Don't see enough bottles getting heated up on uh, Riverdale. I like to see it. It's a very clean new infant household. They're they're holding it together. They're, yeah, that's true. They're doing good. They're thriving as new parents together. I mean, that's yeah, I mean, got to be already a, back at work. So. That's its own. That's that's a synergy too, right? Mm-hmm. Is Fangs a stay-at-home dad? I think so. Well, he still works trucking. I think. Okay. Okay. Hi, KJ. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a lovely sentiment, too. The look away from Veronica, as love is maybe not enough to build your entire life around. Lust and love and passion. Yeah. And are your lives actually compatible in any way whatsoever? Except sexually. I feel like he's thinking about calling fangs, and we don't see mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. No, I feel you. I and feel you. Kevin has yeah, something on and, his mind. And he, he's, he does this beautiful thing with that little moment. Also this wild. Yeah. Um, incredible costumes on both these actors, <laughs> specifically on Britta. Fantastic. Um, I, 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 um, the Queen's Gambit vibes. I haven't seen that. I know yeah. I should. Um, I just wanted to say very quickly, Kevin captures something about being lonely and queer really beautifully mm. that I really appreciate. Yes. Fine. And confident. And comfortable. But singular. But lonely. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not singular by choice. Um, Here's, yep, yeah, and they line up all at the front row of the stage. And it's oh, like, yeah, and and it's like rent. In every... Musical episode, I guess. Yeah. I think it's just kind of a musical thing. <laughs> yeah. Great. A great cape on Britta. Mm-hmm. Why isn't Jughead singing? Maybe this like will be the best also, thing. awkward. That... <laughs> extra people. <laughs> Penelope and Kevin in a shot together yeah. just because they had plus also, ones. I don't think the actor playing the Uncle Uncle Frank is singing. I think he's just there. I mean, sure. I could be wrong. Lovely note to then end on this picture that they mm-hmm. were looking at, but we didn't actually see. Oh, that's the cover of the soundtrack of the episode, too. Yeah. Oh, oh, is it? Oh, yeah. I, sorry. I thought you meant the musical. Yes. I mean, the poster. They're, they're standing by yeah. the poster. Yeah, the yeah, musical, yeah, yeah, the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. I liked that, Chloe. Yeah, that was a great episode. Uh, it really kind of grew on me. Also, the sun just came out, Riverdale Gang, where we mm-hmm. are. Everything is bright and cheery at the end of a musical. Yeah. No matter what conflicts remain. It's so funny. We're going to sing it out. The Netflix preview just started playing again, and I just immediately thought these actors were singing. I mean, it is Grey's Anatomy that is playing. It's possible. There are musical episodes. (laughs) It's a thing. But yes, um, I I think I I feel relief and relaxed and Mm. sated like a good meal. Like a cathartic um, purchase of my $125 Section D seat while I'm <laughs> in an extremely expensive short trip to New York. And you just got to be satisfied with the show you saw because you paid a lot of money to be here. Um, and you just, you're never going to be saying at those songs again. And it's in, you're in the moment and you feel great no matter what the plot actually did. That's true. Dear Evan Hansen. I've never seen that. The mm-hmm. two big, the well, that's actually not true. I've seen a few kind of big Broadway musicals, and it's true I don't didn't care about the plots mm-hmm. at all. It all feels like a lot. <laughs> I'm there to feel stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, it's true. So, um, yeah, I loved it. That was fantastic blending of the form. Yeah. Favorite one yet. Um, do we have anything more to add, Chloe? Do you have anything I'm, more to add? I'm happy. I think I've said all I need to say on this episode. All right, gang. We'll see you uh, next week for the grand finale. Grand finale. I saw Shell getting burned at the stake in the preview. Oh, yeah. Okay, bye. <laughs> see you next week. <laughs>